Welcome, everyone, to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley, a national news and talk program dedicated to military veterans' issues. And now, your hosts, David Corey and Richard Hurley. Good evening. Welcome to the Veterans News Hour for Monday, January the 3rd, 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. This is Air Force veteran David Corey along with my co-host, Richard Hurley. 2021 seemed to fly by for me personally, and now we have a new year ahead with uh, opportunity for new resolutions and new goals. We do this show, the Veterans News Hour, to help bring light to veteran issues and the wide range of resources available for veterans and their families. We welcome your feedback and your involvement in our show, and we thank the many guests we've had on the show for the past five years. To start this year off, we're actively seeking sponsors and advertisers, as well as guests who'd like to be on our show, in order to help us expand the scope and the reach and the audience of our show. So if you're interested and being a guest, you're interested in being a sponsor or an advertiser, uh, please give me a call directly. I'll give you my number in just a moment. Grab a pen and paper. You can reach me, David Corey, directly at area code 813-662-0760. Again, if you're interested in um, being a guest on our show, if you're interested in being a sponsor of our show or an advertiser, Give me a call, David Corey, at 813-662-0760. Let's go over to Richard Hurley now. Hello, Rick. How you doing? Good, David. How are you? And Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I want to add to what David said. I would also like to see some uh, uh, call-ins. You know, we, uh, like David said, we're providing all sorts of information for you veterans and uh, one of the things that would be great is uh, to have a little feedback uh, from you veterans. Uh, give us a call and, and talk to us, you know, um, that give and take back and forth with uh, your issues and, and how maybe we can help you, you know, would go a long way uh, to helping other veterans, you know. If we all just, we're kind of all in this thing together. So the more we all talk, the better off I think uh, we can be in terms of, helping each other get through the VA and, and the Board of Veterans Appeal process. But, of course, in order to call in, you need the phone number. So here that number is. It's one 627 Again, that number is one 627 Now, there are a lot of issues going on with the VA. It would be nice to hear how, how you might be impacted. David and I have uh, addressed the, the mailing issue and and the the poor mailing system that is going on in the VA right now and and maybe you've been impacted by that and it'd be nice to hear you know uh, some of your thoughts and and how that may have impacted you you know one of the things that um, comes up with that mailing system is the fact that the um, sometimes you may end up receiving a letter with the with a deadline on it and that deadline's already expired well, I'm sure that raises a few eyebrows, and you're probably wondering what what the heck you need you know you need to do at that point. Uh, well, as Dave and I've uh, said on the show, the courts have uh, 
made it known that uh, they're not going to hold anybody to those deadlines. But unfortunately, a lot of veterans who are not represented don't get to hear, don't get that information. And you're going to get that information right here on this show. Uh, so, um, you know, give us a call and, and we can talk about stuff like that. We can talk about other things too. So I'm going to uh, sh- throw it back to David. I know we've got a bunch of uh, audio tapes that should be very informative for everybody tonight. And uh, get back to you later. Back to you, David. Thanks, Rick. In our first segment of our show, we have four audio from the Department of Veterans Affairs, which we hope you'll enjoy and appreciate. They all concern the important topic of mental health and well-being, which I think uh, is a good way to start January. I think a lot of people coming off the holidays, January is a tough month, and uh, the fact that uh, you know the winter starts to set in uh, can really make people feel more closed into, including, uh, uh, you know, uh, post-holiday depression and other things. So we thought these uh, these uh, first four audio tapes would be very helpful. We also, it includes something very important to many veterans, which is the issue of post-traumatic stress disorder. We've talked about many times on the show, we've had guests talk about that issue <clears throat> over the last five years. So three of the four tapes will address uh, different therapies and medication for PTSD, and these are all from the VA. But the first uh, tape, let me give you the background. Uh, this uh, this tape is uh, thanks very much to not only the VA, but U.S. Navy veteran Sam Martino, who is willing to share his his story. Uh, Sam struggled with deep depression uh, for for years, and he became more and more isolated from his family and friends. And at his lowest point, he had contemplated ending his life. At the recommendation of his psychologist at the Villages Florida VA outpatient clinic, which I know Rick is not too far from where uh, you live and work, in that north central part of Florida, a lot of retirees, a lot of veterans up there. Well, uh, Sam Martino decided to give the VA Whole Health Program a try, and he was connected with a Whole Health coach named Kelly Johnson. Little did he know at that time how much the Whole Health Program would positively transform his life. The Whole Health Program is a four-week program. It may last longer for some, providing tools for positive change through different techniques and skills, meditation, biofeedback, better nutrition, exercise and movement, and other skills. So, Doug, if you'll please uh, roll this, uh, this first tape. Before I was engaged in whole health, I was in a really dark place. I wanted to end my life. My uh, physical being was wearing me out. I've had a lot of surgeries. Uh, I wasn't able to walk on my own anymore. And I really didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be here. And uh, I got lucky. Uh, I came here. I seen Dr. Forbes, who after my second visit, asked me if I would be willing to listen about a new program, Whole Health. Mr. Martino was given to me as a handoff from his primary care doc, who thought that he seemed depressed. Um, He reported to me, first time I met him, reported to me he'd struggled with depression for many years. Had a lot of physical problems, a lot of mobility problems, uh, and was kind of defeated, really kind of down and just about to give up. Kelly Johnson had explained the mission of Whole Health to me 
and and I thought maybe this is something he can can he can benefit from because this is a long-term issue. Maybe some coping skills, some mindfulness meditation, those kind of things would be of benefit to him. Um, I suggested it to him. He was reluctant. Um, a lot of my patients are because it seems kind of fluffy. It seems kind of hippy dippy. Um, but he agreed to try. Uh, so that was step one. And once he met Kelly, then uh, she really connected with him well, and has it's been a great benefit to him. Kelly Johnson called me and asked me to come in and for an appointment, and I came in, and I came in totally with the attitude of why am I here? I'm not going to do this. Thing, you know. Sam Martino was um, one of my first patients in Whole Health. He was referred to me by Dr. Forbes, our uh, clinical psychologist here at the clinic. And she had him in her office and she asked if I could see him. So I brought him over that same day. Um, when I first met him, he seemed very depressed. I went through my whole talk about whole health, what it can do for you. After listening for, to Kelly for an hour, she simply said, would you like to come back next week and try to program? If not, you don't have to. So it wasn't anything I was forced to do. And I did like her presentation, so I did come back the next week, and it's probably changed my life. Well, a session with Kelly is about me. Uh, the whole health program, there's different things about me I could work on. I could work on my mental health. I could work on my body. I could work on my family. There's a number of things, and it's a circle. And in the middle of the circle, it's me. I get to pick what I want to work on. My wife, for many years, has been asking me to seek help. I've been going through the depression for a lot of years. We've been married 38 years, and she's seen every side of me. Um, I could get depressed on a dime, and she would notice it. And she'd ask me, you know, what's wrong? I'd say, I don't know. Why won't you get some help? Maybe medication to help you. And I'd say, I'm not going. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to share my inner things with people. And she, over the years, uh, she's seen the anger. She's seen the depression, uh, the solitude, not wanting to be around anybody. And she'd say, well, you don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to see anybody. You don't even call your friends anymore. Uh, you know, uh, she's seen me isolating myself, and she talked to me about it. And after the whole health program, after I started the whole health program, it's like, um, wow. I've become friends as well as his coach. Um, I feel like... He has done this. I didn't do this. I just encouraged him to do this. He feels like I have done it. And I tell him all the time, no, you did this. You are working on your goals. You are doing this. He always tells me, you need to take some credit. But I really feel like it's, it's amazing to have a job that I can support veterans in reaching their goals. I get just as much joy out of it as they do. I can't be thankful enough for this program. I could talk for hours and hours about whole health program, about the coaches, uh, and about everybody involved. It's just, it's the greatest thing I think I've ever done for myself. And, and I really do find whole health to uh, be a lifesaver for me anyway. 
So Sam's, Sam's story is one of thousands of similar stories that we've been hearing, and it really is transformative. So for Sam, it is getting above the medical conditions that he's got, as well as the mental condition that he had. And um, because of whole health, he was able to transcend the difficulties of those conditions and, and be able to change his life. Visinate Whole Health Implementation is unique because of two things. One is we're integrating it with primary care and mental health. So then it is delivered as integrated approach. So then, so then whole health, primary care, and mental health is delivered as one approach. And then the other thing too that is unique is that it is a massive rollout. So we are rolling it out across all seven facilities. Our staff who have been exposed to it, to our whole health program, they really like it because it has changed their lives. Uh, it has changed their relationships with their, within their family and it has changed the way they even look at the what is important to them. My emotional state after from being in the health the whole health program at the beginning to now is just a world of difference. I'm a different person. Uh, I'm not the same person that started in this program. And I, I thank God for that. I really do. And I, I thank God for everybody in this program. Whole Health is just a lifesaver. And I wish everybody would try it. Uh, again, that came from uh, the, the VA and specifically uh, the Villages Florida VA Outpatient Clinic and the medical staff there and the chief of uh, the, the regional uh, VA facilities, uh, Vision 8. So that's the VA Whole Health Program. It's a program to provide tools for positive change, for meditation, biofeedback, nutrition, exercise, movement, other skills of that, uh, of that nature. Okay, our next three tapes all concern uh, the issue of post-traumatic stress disorder, which affects so many people. Uh, not just veterans, uh, but certainly including many veterans. And uh thought it would be useful to hear some information uh, directly from the VA. So uh, there's three tapes here. The first deals with cognitive processing therapy for PTSD. The second is prolonged exposure therapy. And the third is medication treatment options. So, Doug, if you'll please roll the second tape on cognitive processing therapy for post-traumatic stress. A traumatic event can change the way you think about yourself and the world. You might think you're to blame for what happened or believe you don't deserve to be happy. You may start to believe the world is unsafe. Doing things like going to a grocery store or restaurant may seem too dangerous. These kinds of thoughts are common in people with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. They're called stuck points. They keep you stuck in your PTSD and cause you to miss out on the people, places, or activities you used to enjoy. So how do you get unstuck? Cognitive Processing Therapy, or CPT, is a PTSD treatment that can help you break the negative thinking that's holding you back. It's based on the idea that our thoughts affect how we feel and how we act. In CPT, you and your therapist will talk about how your negative thoughts about the trauma, those stuck points, have changed you, how safe and in control you feel, how much you trust yourself and others, and even your sense of self-worth. You'll practice a strategy to change or challenge your stuck points. PTSD can make you jump to negative conclusions, but there may be other ways to think about things that are more accurate 
and less upsetting. Imagine you're driving down the highway and someone swerves in front of you. You might blow up at the driver. What a jerk. But what if he was racing to the hospital or having a panic attack and rushing to get off the road? If you considered these possibilities, you might not feel as angry. The bottom line, small changes in thinking can have a big impact on how you feel. Some people find that writing about their trauma helps them change upsetting thoughts and feelings. You and your therapist can decide whether or not this is right for you. CPT works just as well either way. You can also choose to meet with your therapist one-on-one -on -one or in a group with others who have PTSD. CPT is evidence-based, meaning it's been shown to work in multiple research studies. And it doesn't take years. In fact, CPT usually takes about three months of weekly visits. CPT can help you get unstuck, freeing you up to start enjoying the things you've been missing out on. Men and women, veterans and civilians can all benefit from CPT. If cognitive processing therapy sounds like it could be right for you, talk to your doctor about finding a CPT provider or visit the National Center for PTSD website at www.ptsd.va.gov to learn more about CPT and other PTSD treatments. No matter how long you've been living with PTSD, know that you can get better. Well, thanks to the VA for that uh, great information. In this next tape, we're going to hear again from the VA on what's called prolonged exposure, or PE therapy for post-traumatic stress. So, Doug, if you'll please roll uh, this third tape. If you have post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, it's common to feel like there are places or situations that are unsafe. It may seem like the best option is to avoid them, staying away from people or places that feel dangerous or reminders of a traumatic event. As a result, you may develop I can't rules. I can't leave the house at night. I can't trust anyone. I can't handle crowds. But these rules won't help you overcome PTSD. So how do you learn to say, I can? Prolonged exposure, or PE, is a treatment for PTSD that helps you do safe things you've been avoiding. In PE, you and your therapist will practice exposure, meaning you'll work to approach things you've steered clear of since the event. You have to challenge your I can't rules to prove to yourself that you can. Remember when you were learning to swim or even drive a car? It was challenging at first, but got easier with practice. Exposure gets easier with time. With your therapist, you'll take steps to do the things that have been hard for you at your own pace. So if you're avoiding the grocery store, you might start by going when it isn't crowded, maybe bringing a family member along. You'll eventually practice going on your own, perhaps even during peak hours. With practice, you'll find that you can handle it. You'll also talk through the details of your traumatic event in a safe, gradual way with your therapist. Closing your eyes can help you concentrate. Retelling the event may sound like the last thing you want to do, but it helps with emotions like anger, guilt, and sadness. You'll listen to a recorded version at home, too. After a few months, you'll find that you can talk about your trauma without feeling so overwhelmed. Prolonged exposure doesn't erase your trauma, but it can help you keep your traumatic experience from getting in the way of living your life. PE doesn't require you to take any medications. With your therapist's help, you'll follow a step-by-step -step program for about three months. Most people who complete PE show noticeable improvement in their symptoms, and many no longer have PTSD. Prolonged exposure works well for both men and women, and it's evidence-based, which means PE has been proven to work in multiple research studies. 
If prolonged exposure sounds like it could be right for you, talk to your doctor about finding a PE provider or visit the National Center for PTSD website at www.ptsd.va.gov to learn more about PE and other PTSD treatment options. No matter how long you've been living with PTSD, know that you can get better. Thank you to the VA for that uh, information on prolonged exposure therapy for PTSD. In this uh, final tape, uh, the VA will provide information about medication treatment options for PTSD. So, Doug, if you'll please roll the last tape. If you have post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, Getting everyday activities and errands done, like going to work or picking up your children. Even weekend trips to the mall can sometimes feel overwhelming and trigger memories of a traumatic event from your past. The symptoms of PTSD can affect every area of your life. You don't have to live like this. There is good news. Talk to your provider about what you're experiencing because there are treatment options that can help. Evidence-based studies show that talk therapies work best and there are also effective medications that might be right for you. Medication may be a good choice if you don't want to try talk therapy now or if you can't fit weekly therapy appointments into your life. And some people find that taking certain medication for PTSD while they are in therapy makes the process easier. So how do medications work? When you have PTSD, there are changes in your brain and in the way your body responds to stress. Basically, your brain cells aren't able to communicate as well as they should. So medications that balance the levels of certain chemical signals have been shown to help. There are a number of medications that research has shown to work best for PTSD. You may have heard of antidepressants. Many people don't realize that they're not just for depression. A number of antidepressants are also effective for PTSD and anxiety. Some balance your body's serotonin, which regulates mood. They are called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs for short. The best tested and proven SSRIs for PTSD are sertraline, more commonly known as Zoloft, paroxetine, or Paxil, and fluoxetine, or Prozac. Other antidepressants that work on both the brain's serotonin and norepinephrine systems are also effective. They are called SNRIs, Venlafaxine, or Effexor, works best for PTSD. All four of these medications can improve your PTSD symptoms, making them less bothersome so that you can navigate your life more successfully. Antidepressants for PTSD usually take some time to work, so don't give up, and be sure to stick to the plan prescribed by your provider. Typically, it will take about four to six weeks before you feel the full benefits of your medication. One word of caution, 
We also need to talk about medications that should not be taken for PTSD. Chief among these are a class of medications known as benzodiazepines. They include medications that you may have heard about, such as alprazolam or Xanax, diazepam or Valium, clonazepam or clonopin, and lorazepam or Ativan. Although sometimes they might be prescribed in a crisis situation for sleep or extreme anxiety, long-term everyday use can cause problems such as addiction, memory problems, driving accidents, falls, or even a worsening of your PTSD symptoms. New medications are being tested to treat PTSD. So as a general rule, talk with your doctor to make sure you have the best medication for you and that you are headed in the right direction. The National Center for PTSD is also a useful resource to give you the tools to make the best treatment decision. Go to www.ptsd.va.gov to learn more about medication options and other PTSD treatments. No matter how long you've been living with PTSD, know that you can get better. Well, thank you so much uh, to the VA for those uh, four excellent and very informative uh, tapes. I hope they were helpful to our listeners. And um, the National Center for PTSD is an excellent resource for more information. Um, Rick, your thoughts? Well, there was, there was a lot there. That was a lot of good good information, as you said, David, but there was uh, a lot there and a lot for um, our veterans to think about. Uh, one thing I want to throw in there about, on the first tape, that was a tape from the villages in, in Florida. And, uh, I know sometimes we get a little critical of of, of VA, but all I ever hear about is great things about the, the villages and, and the services that the VA are providing at that clinic. So if there's anybody uh, who's listening to our show and you're in the villages area and you haven't uh, gone there, uh, you should you should by all means uh, go check out the villages VA clinic. They do they do great work, and the providers there are just super people. So. Just that little tidbit. And then on the, uh, the medication issue, you know, that's a, that's a big one. I, I had a hearing today and, uh, a veteran who, um, is being counseled. He hasn't received his, uh, one of the issues on appeal was, uh, was his PTSD disability claim, which has been denied by the VA, even though he's being treated by the VA for PTSD. And um, um, the issue of whether or not he's taking any medication for his his uh, condition came up, and boy, you should have he's he actually the judge asked the question, and he jumped down the judge's throat. He said, "There's no way I'm taking medication," and he he gave a uh, he kind of went on a little bit about how they were. The counselor was, or the psychiatrist was trying to persuade this veteran to take this medication, and uh, he listed the different medications, and uh, he just said, you know, he wasn't going to do it. It made him feel awful, and um, so he so he doesn't take any medication. 
and he prefer to, he prefers to just deal with it on his own. What so, about other I, forms I'm of sure treatment, Greg? What about other forms of treatment? That? You know, like the cognitive processing or prolonged exposure therapy. No, not, none of that came up. It was basically just go in every every three months and sit in front of the sit in front of this person who, as he says, just looks just stares into a computer and counts the minutes until he he can send this veteran on his way. So didn't sound like the VA being that that overly helpful to this particular veteran. Um but he but he still goes because he can't afford um uh, outside uh counseling. But when when uh, when the t- when the issue of medication came up, man, he just he got hot. And uh you know, he had tried it. He had tried the medication because it was being recommended to him, but it just it made him feel terrible and uh, you know he said it it, it actually uh it aggravated his PTSD condition. So you know, I'm just throwing that out there to other veterans, you know, be be very careful when it comes to the medication issue and as David just brought up, the this other uh forms of therapy as we just heard on, on the show tonight, the PE therapy, prolonged exposure. Therapy for PTSD, cognitive processing, processing therapy for PTSD. All great things. And, and then there are other things that we've talked about in the past. Yoga. Um, I know veterans who've been through yoga programs. They found that extremely helpful. So always look for alternative ways to deal with, the, with, with your PTSD. The one thing that I think we all can agree upon is if you are suffering from PTSD, you need to deal with it. You cannot just uh, push it aside and and let it just just eat at you because it will eat at you and it, it it's going to cause problems for you. It's going to cause problems for your family. So you do have to deal with it. So find some of these uh, alternative therapies and uh, and and get some help because it's very very important. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of you veterans, you might have, uh, experienced suicide ideation. So, you know, you need to, uh, you know, you need to deal, deal with it. Don't ignore it. Deal with it and you'll be better off. What do you think, David? Well, I think part of the culture in the military is, um, is a contributing factor to the idea that people have to be tough and independent. They have to be able to deal with problems. And uh, that's why you get what appears to be people that uh, that aren't accepting or reaching out for help or that are isolating. That's that's part of the culture in in the military to be successful, which is that you have to be um, uh, strong and tough and uh, be able to uh, to overcome things. That's what you're trained to do. So it takes um, you know s- some different uh, thinking. Basically, for I think for most veterans to say, okay, well, let's let's try these sort of things. What's interesting in that first tape, uh, which was uh, one of the voices you heard, was a psychiatrist or psychologist at the VA outpatient clinic at the Villages in Florida, and she said that you know many of her patients are reluctant to get involved because they view this whole sort of whole health program as sort of, I think the word she used was sort of like fluffy and hippy-dippy sort of things. It's, you know, it's something they don't take seriously. Uh, but um, 
give it a chance, see if it'll work. Certainly, it's not a matter that one size is going to fit everybody. Uh, some therapies don't work for other people, but there are there are options even beyond the ones that were talked about earlier on this show. So uh, check out uh, you know the National Center for Post Traumatic Stress, PTSD.va.gov, and you'll see there's a lot of information. And the VA really tries to be on the cutting edge of uh, of those treatments, given so many of uh, you know their patients, veterans uh, have to deal with that. So anyway, that was uh, the focus for this first segment of the show tonight. Hope you found it interesting. Uh, Rick, I know we have some uh, some other news might be of interest. Sure do. Uh, the National Veterans Legal Service Program, the NVLSP.org, wants veterans and their families to know that it has a new dedicated burn pits claims assistance program, burn pits CAP. This program marks a major expansion of the free legal representation that the NVLSP has provided to veterans and their survivors over the last 40 years. The Burn Pits CAP will assist veterans exposed to toxic emissions from burn pits while serving overseas by representing them on claims for disability benefits before the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Open burn pits located nearest military bases were commonly used by the U.S. military departments in Southwest Asia dispose of assorted waste and other matter. The Department of Defense and the VA agree that the smoke and fumes emitted from these burn pits contain numerous toxic chemicals. Over 240,000 veterans and service members have documented their exposure in the VA's airborne hazards and open burn pit registry. Despite its recognition that burn pits located on numerous military bases emitted toxic chemicals, the VA has thus far denied over 75% of the disability claims based on burn pit exposure. The Burn Pit Claims Assistance Program is a natural extension of the NVLSP's legal expertise and tenacity in fighting for veterans and their families to ensure they receive the life-changing benefits they need and deserve, said NVLSP Executive Director Paul Light. NVLSP has a solid record of defending the rights of veterans with chronic illnesses due to their exposure during military service to toxic chemicals. The most significant example is NEMA versus the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Class action lawsuit brought on on behalf of all the Vietnam veterans and their survivors who had been or would be denied VA benefits for conditions associated with exposure to Agent Orange. In this historic case, the federal court invalidated the VA Agent Orange compensation rule and approved a consent decree requiring VA to pay retroactive disability and death benefits. As a result of the consent decree and four successful motions for enforcement, the VA has been forced to pay over $4.6 billion in VA compensation benefits to veterans, Vietnam veterans and their survivors. NVLSP's work on behalf of the Vietnam veterans exposed to Agent Orange underscores the organization's ability to tackle the burn pit issue, often cited as the Agent Orange equivalent for post-9-11 veterans. To learn more about NVLSP, the NVLSP burn pits claims to system program, go to the website at nvlsp.org. NVLSP is also a steadfast advocate for legislation that would grant presumptive coverage for veterans with burn pit exposure. The National Veterans Legal Services Program, NVLSP, is an independent nonprofit veterans service organization that has served active duty military personnel and veterans since 1981. The NVLSP strives to ensure that our nation honors its commitment to its 22 million veterans and active duty personnel by ensuring 
They have the benefits they have earned through their service to our country. NVLSD has represented veterans in lawsuits that compel enforcement of the law where VA or other military services denied benefits to veterans in violation of the law. NVLSD's success in these lawsuits has resulted in more than $5.2 billion being awarded in disability, death, and medical benefits to hundreds of thousands of veterans and their survivors. NVLSP offers training for attorneys and other advocates to connect veterans and active duty personnel with pro bono legal help when seeking disability benefits, publishes the nation's definite guide on veteran benefits and represents, definitive guide, I'm sorry, on veteran benefits and represents and litigates for veterans and their families before the VA, military discharge, review agencies, and federal courts. For more information, again, go to www.nvlsp.org. And once again, I want to just give that number out for anybody who wants to try to call in before the end of the show. That number is one triple eight six two seven six zero zero eight. Please call in. David, back to you. Okay, a couple other items of uh, news and interest. This is a repeat story. I think worth repeating. Um, back on November 30th, the VA finally acknowledged a problem that many veterans and their advocates have been aware of for the past six months which is problems with the VA having long delays in printing out correspondence and then actually putting it in the mail, resulting in correspondence sometimes as late four to eight weeks after it's dated. And as Rick said at the beginning of the show, sometimes correspondence from the VA is arriving after deadlines that the VA has uh, has set. So the VA finally acknowledged that in a press release. And in response to that, uh, the Veterans Benefits Administration said they're extending their response period by 90 calendar days for claimants with letters dated between July 13th, 2021 and December 31st, 2021, that if a claimant does not reply to a time-limited notification, such as making an election of benefits or services or reporting for a scheduled compensation and pension or C&P exam, the Veterans Benefit Administration says it will not take adverse action to deny, reduce, or terminate benefits and services unless the claimant is actually contacted. There's documentation of the right to respond and the requested information has not been received or the response period has lapsed. So we'll see how that actually pans out. We'll see if the VA actually sticks to their word about uh, how they're going to, um, you know, make up for this rather ridiculous problem. Uh, the source of the problem is the VA is contracted with the government publishing office, the GPO, which um, decades ago I knew that as the government printing office, but the GPO um, in turn contracted out the um, the work where the VA would, uh, VA employees would prepare correspondence and then this contractor would print it out and then put it in the U.S. mail. And as veterans and their advocates know, nearly all VA mail is sent in envelopes that does not include a a date, a postmark. So you can't tell when the envelope actually went into the U.S. postal system. So that's further complicating the problem. When veterans try to show that there was a delay, all they know is the date of the letter inside that envelope might be as much as 
two months before they received it. So we'll see. We'll see how this problem gets resolved, how this backlog of the government publishing office and its contractors, how they can resolve this and hopefully uh, put in new systems so this doesn't happen again. So that's uh, that's an issue that we'll be watching in this new year, and uh, hopefully the VA will get it resolved soon. Uh, Rick, over to you. Yeah, Dave, yeah David, uh, at my hearing today, um, I brought this up to the, the judge, and uh, he was he's a good guy. I haven't seen time, and David, you've had him too. So uh, this is this is a uh, you know one of those guys that really uh, really kind of thinks outside the box and is willing to talk to you. And uh, so we talked about the mailing issue, and you know he said no doubt it's going to cause more work for the board of veteran appeals because he expects the VA. Uh, to use it to their advantage and to move cases along, i.e. denying these claims because the veteran failed to act in time. Because the veteran obviously went, didn't have a, uh, a representative uh, looking out for him. Uh, so he said, you know, the, the cure will probably, and the remedy will probably be, you know, on appeal. Uh, and then as I pointed out, yeah, that, that would work provided the veteran you know, down the road <clears throat> files the appeal. But, you know, maybe finds an attorney and the attorney files, files the appeal for the veteran you know, under clear and unmistakable error or whatever, you know, whatever theory you can do that. Uh, but that still doesn't account for the, all those veterans who will just close up shop and just assume it's just another example of of, of the you know the mistreatment by the VA when it comes to handling their disability benefits. So, so we all got to keep our you know eyes on this. And, and uh, you veterans out there, you know, if you're listening to the show and you're not represented, represented, it's really really important that you open your mail. And um, if you got one of these letters with a with a deadline that you that's already expired. Um, don't just sit on it. You know, there's a remedy for you. But if you don't act, then, uh, you know, you're, you're going to play right into the hands of the VA. So, that's just my two cents on that. In, uh, a news item we have previously reported, but it's worth reporting again, uh, big news for thousands of veterans suffering from certain respiratory conditions. The Department of Veteran Affairs began processing disability claims August 2nd, 2021 for asthma, retinitis, and sinusitis on a presumptive basis based on presumptive, presumed partic- particulate matter exposures during military service in Southwest Asia and certain other areas if these conditions manifested within 10 years of a qualifying period of military service. VA conducted the first part of a newly formed internal VA process to review scientific evidence to support rulemaking resulting in the recommendation to consider creation of new presumptions of service for respiratory conditions based on VA's evaluation of a National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine report and other evidence. The process concluded that particulate matter pollution is associated with chronic asthma, retinitis, and sinusitis. I think, Rick, I think it's rhinitis. It's rhinitis. Sorry. Not rhinitis and sinusitis for veterans who serve in the Southwest Asia Theater of Operations beginning August 2nd, 
1990 to the present or Afghanistan, uh, use, use, <laughs> Uzbekistan. Uh, use a beast, how do you pronounce that, David? Uzbekistan, Syria, Uzbekistan. or Djibouti. Yeah, beginning September 19, 2001 to the present. VA's review also concluded that there was sufficient evidence to presume that these veterans have been exposed to particulate matter. I announced my intent to initiate rulemaking on May 27th to consider adding respiratory conditions to the list of chronic disabilities, said Dennis McDonough, Secretary of Veteran Affairs. Through this process, I determined that the evidence provided has sufficient to establish presumptions of service connection for these three respiratory conditions. This is the right decision, and the VA will continue to use holistic approach in determining toxic exposure presumption moving forward. VA says it will conduct outreach to impacted veterans and survivors to inform them of their eligibility and will provide information on how to apply. Veterans and survivors who believe they may be eligible for the newly established presumptive conditions are encouraged to apply for benefits. Back to you, David. The last item of news that I have before we go to our uh, weekly reminder on the coaching and the care program is uh, it's an excellent program. I know uh, that uh, many veterans like to keep up with what's going on in Congress. Congress, you know, will set the law, they'll pass bills into, into law, and some of those bills will give the VA certain discretion with regulations. But one organization that does a great job in helping veterans and veteran groups keep current with all the legislation in Congress is Military Veterans Advocacy. Their website is easy to remember. It's militaryveteransadvocacy.org. We've had um, their uh, their CEO, John Wells, retired Navy commander and, and now an attorney, one of the great advocates in our country for veterans, been on our show many times over the last five years. The Military Veterans Advocacy has, among its many programs, a Bill of the Week program. You can go to their website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org, and click on the Projects tab at the top of the page, and you'll see Bills of the Week is one of the one of the options. You can click uh, on that, and then you'll see every week they highlight one or more bills that are pending in Congress, and it'll give you a summary. It'll give you the the bill number, like HR 2800, for instance. It'll give you a summary of, of what that bill is about, what its goal is, and then it'll give you a link that you can click on where you can send an email directly to your representative in the House of Representatives and your two United States senators. It's very easy to do. I've done it. You click on the link that they provide you, and you put in you know your name and uh, your address and zip code, and they automatically identify who your representative is and your two U.S. senators, and then you can send a support message. I've done it. It works. I've gotten acknowledgments from from my senators and representatives about it. And, uh, you know, the old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, that's very true about legislation. So it's important that you let your voice be heard. You know, if you say, well, you're very busy or really not interested in all the legal stuff that's going on, I get it. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean that this stuff is going to happen on its own. And if you're interested in helping veterans or 
if you're a veteran advocate yourself or a veteran service officer and you want to keep up with all the the dozens of bills that are pending on veteran issues, again, go to militaryveteransadvocacy.org and look for their Bills of the Week page. You can also, of course, go to the websites for the committees on veteran affairs of both the House and the Senate, veterans.house.gov and veterans.senate.gov, because it's in those committees where the heavy lifting work, where the hearings are held, and you can see what's going on uh, there. So uh, I encourage you, check that out. Again, that's militaryveteransadvocacy.org, and it's called the Bills of the Week program under their Projects tab. So that's all I have for now. Rick, over to you. Okay, well, we have our standard closing, which is uh, letting everybody know about the Coaching in the Care program. Uh, it's, uh, this is a great program. It helps veterans having difficulty transitioning home, transition, transitioning to home life. Returning home can be a tough adjustment, and your loved ones can help. The Coaching in the Care offers free coaching to help you help your veterans. That number is 1-888-823-7458. Sours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Again, the Coaching the Care number is 1-888-823-7458. In addition, I'd like to once again remind listeners that if you know a veteran who is suicidal or in a crisis of any kind, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs also has the Veterans Crisis Line. Uh, you can call that number at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Many veterans have committed suicide because they did not get the help they needed, help them get the care they need to cope with their problems. Once again, the Veterans Crisis Line can help. The number is 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 at my hearing today, one of my, my, my veteran who's been struggling with, with PTSD, in fact, uh, has suicide ideation, and at one time over the last uh, few years, he's actually had to call that number at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 and uh, he said they did they were they were exceptional and they really helped him so it works it works back to you david well yeah they the veterans crisis line um you know they take their job very seriously um, a veteran that i know last year was going through a very serious uh, crisis and uh, it was ongoing and i encouraged him i said if you, you know if you ever get to the point here's the number Please call. And um, a few months later, he had sort of spiraled down, and he called the number. And uh, they were talking with him for a while, and then finally, he just, for whatever reason, you know, he he uh, he hung up on him. But he had already given them enough information about where he was, physically where he was located, that uh, they reached out, contacted local law enforcement, who found him. And local law enforcement, um, you know, reached him in time and uh, got him to the mental health that he needed. He spent a number of days in the hospital and is doing much better now. So I know the Veterans Crisis Line um, is a very valuable resource. They do save lives. The Coaching into Care program is another great program. And it's designed, the audience is mostly family members who need some help, some coaching into how to get their veteran into the help that they may need. And you may be thinking, well, I know a lot of veterans are doing quite well. They're doing quite fine. And that's that's true. But there are a lot of veterans that 
having a really tough time transitioning to home life, especially those that served uh, in combat. So those resources are there. As we wrap up the show tonight, I want to make a reminder of something I began the show with, which is as we approach our fifth year here, the Veterans News Hour here on bbsradio.com, we are actively looking uh, to you know expand our reach, expand our list of, uh, of guests. We've had a very interesting um, guest list over the last five years. We're actively seeking sponsors and advertisers. So if you're interested in any of those, please reach out and call me directly. This is David Corey, and my phone number is 813-662-0760. Again, 813-662-0760. Love to hear from you. I would also like to thank all of you for listening to the Veterans News Hour. I'd like to thank our producer at BBS Radio, Mr. Doug Newsom, for the great job he does for us week in and week out. And we hope you'll tune in uh, next week, same time, same station, which is 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, and 4 p.m. Pacific time here on bbsradio.com, Station 1. We'll have another edition of the Veterans News Hour. Until then, uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Hope you have a great week and a great year ahead. Thank you for listening to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley. We hope you found this week's program very informative. Be sure to invite your friends and all the veterans you know to tune in next week when we'll have another great show on veterans issues. Meanwhile, you can listen to our other recorded episodes on the Veterans News Hour webpage on bbsradio.com. Thanks again for listening to the Veterans News Hour.